Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent conversations we've had on JM in the AM. Tamir Goodman, he joined us from Israel to talk about basketball, to talk about one of the clinics that he's going to be doing while he's in the United States, and to talk about what it's been like to be in the world of basketball for all these years. Tamir Goodman, our guest on JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well... Uh, yesterday I discovered, it was either Saturday night or yesterday, I discovered that Tamir Goodman is coming to the United States. Uh, m- most people in this audience know who he is and know his incredible, uh, the incredible impact he had on the Jewish world and the basketball world years ago, and really he keeps ha- he keeps having it, frankly. And to some of the ways he keeps having it, we're going to describe and discuss in this morning's conversation. Uh, Tamir Goodman is running a special basketball clinic for boys aged 10 through 19, coming up on Sunday, March the 3rd, here in New York City. Not just in New York City, but about two blocks from here. <laughs> you could walk very quickly from this studio uh, to Basketball City, where he's going to be uh, on uh, Sunday, March the 3rd. We'll get into details about the event and a bunch of other stuff he's doing as he joins us live from Israel. Tamir Goodman, shalom, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Huge fan of yours, huge fan of the show. So it's just humbled and honored. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that very, very much. Uh, first of all, get us up to date on what's happened in Israel over the last week. Well, what's the story with Hapoel Yushalayim? Did they grab the championship that Maccabi Tel Aviv usually grabs, or is this a totally different thing? Yes, we won the Israeli Cup, um, which is a, a big achievement for us. Um, however, it's not the league. It's just the Israeli Cup. Mm. It's uh, it's almost like a tournament, almost like a tournament within the league itself. Uh, it's a great achievement for us, but ultimately we still want to win the league and uh, continue to win the way we're winning in Europe right now. And the um, and, and that tourney is generally won by Maccabi. Is that is that the way it usually goes? Yes, over the last forty years, Maccabi's won won it almost every year. So. so- uh, this is our fifth time, I believe, winning it over all the years, but it's it's a great achievement for us and, and good momentum, and hopefully we'll continue to move forward. And when is the league championship decided? What month does that take place? Usually in May and June. Very cool. And Hapol Yushalayim is the team that has Amari Stoudemire? Correct. Amari's back with us. Um, it's just been a great... You know, it's just a great, just a great to have him around, both on and off the court, on the court. Just you, just when you see him practice, you see him in the warmups, you see him in the games. You could just tell that he played in the NBA for 15 years. It's just an honor to watch him on the court, and off the court, he's become really a a, a Jewish leader almost. You know, I see him on Shabbat. He's walking the show, you know, wearing his talit and holding a sitter, and you know, we're we're able to talk about the parsha together, and you know, he's wearing tzitzit, and it's just. It's absolutely incredible what's going on here. So it's it's been a, it's just I feel honored to be part of this whole project as well too. And when and when you say us, uh, that's because you have what role with Hapol Jerusalem and how long have you had it? Yeah, this is my sixth season with Hapol Jerusalem. Um, I am the head of international development, which basically means I connect. Um, mostly Americans to Hapol Jerusalem. We built a special platform where. Bar Mitzvah trips, Bar Mitzvah trips. Um, we have a special uh, arrangement with Ashar Khayal where we raise money for uh, soldiers to come to the games and sit in the suite. Um, Federations of North America, any type of groups, OU, this, uh, just any group that's coming over, we can host them at the arena. Um, we 
It also hosts Machot. It's almost like a Simcha Hall at the arena and really just try to do as much good as possible through basketball, throughout all Jerusalem. And it's just more than a dream come true for me, uh, whether it's helping underprivileged kids. Sometimes there's kids that, you know, a couple of years ago we needed to raise money for a girl that needed surgery. She had cancer. She needed surgery in, in Philadelphia. We brought her out to half court uh, at a timeout, and almost every single person in the arena donated, and she was able to to make the trip to Philadelphia and it saved her life. Wow. Um, wow. So that's kind of using the platform of basketball to do chesed, connect people to Israel and Judaism and basketball in a fresh way. Very cool. Very cool. And, and you know me. There's nothing to me that, uh, I mean, there are many other ways, obviously, and avenues to connect people to Israel, but sports is such an amazing and incredible way, and obviously you get that completely. Um, I was there once. I was in the Hapol Yerushalayim Arena one time. The energy is amazing, and to think that there's another place, and again, I'm sorry I keep making these comparisons to Maccabi, but you know their history. To think there's another place in the country that has the energy that we often saw and continue to see in Tel Aviv is just incredible. Uh, it, it, it must give you goosebumps every time that game starts and the crowd's so energized. It's something unbelievable, and it's I could tell you that uh, I've personally seen with my own eyes very big NBA general managers that come to scout players, um, very, very big NBA agents that are also looking at players. They come to the arena, and they literally can't put their phone down. They're, they're filming the crowd, and I don't know who they're sending it to, but they're so <laughs> impressed with the energy. It's, it's almost like, you know, why can't we have this in the NBA type, type of thing, you know? And I've seen it many times with my own eyes, and um, it's, it's, Israelis are very passionate people. Um, they love the team. And there's an incredible energy in there every night. It's, it's, it's very special when they sing a tikva. It's very special at the end of the games. They sing Yerushalayim Shal Zahav. And like you said, it always gives you the goosebumps. Now, Tamir Goodman is with us. <clears throat> we'll get to his event. And I'm hoping he has some time for us this morning to stay on, stay on the phone from Israel for a while. Um, you're familiar, I'm sure, despite the loss this past Saturday night. It was a real heartbreaker. Uh, you're familiar with just how amazing the Yeshiva University men's basketball team is doing, right? I am very familiar, very close to the program, and I am so proud of the players, the coaching staff, the extended coaching staff, the families, just everyone who's involved in this right now. Um, I'm just so proud and so happy to see them, and especially proud of the fans and excited for the younger generation of, of future Jewish basketball players and fans that could watch this team just the way they play on the court is so beautiful, represents such a high level of basketball, and the way they represent them, themselves off the court and how they're involved in the community. I'm just, I, I sometimes I'm just holding back here and watching game tape of them and just just seeing what's going on and seeing how the fans and the communities embrace this and the, the light that they're bringing to the world through basketball. It's just congratulations to everyone involved and Coach Steinmetz and I, I just so proud of them. Yeah, big game tonight, by the way, big game tonight. And, and if anyone thinks you're overstating this whole concept of how they represent us, as a Jewish people, not only the team and not only the university, you are not overstating it. I'm a witness to that. They are simply remarkable. Now, frankly, um, it, it's well known that some of the players who get to Israel, so I'm thinking they would be 17, 18, maybe 19 years old, who get to Israel traditionally for their gap year, they will meet up with you and you literally will train them or help them train for a career in Division Three basketball. And, and 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 many of the players that we know that you know that 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 my, that my kid who sits at all these games you know and knows their numbers and uh, and names by heart a lot of them have trained uh under your leadership while they've been in Israel now frankly and, and 
two things come to mind. Number one, very often when the high school seniors who turn into gap year students head to Israel, the furthest thing from their mind is continuing their, their basketball acumen. You know, they, they tend, not a criticism, just an observation, they tend to spend a lot more time in the Beit Midrash than they're used to. Uh, they tend to really get into things as, as one would during the experience in Israel. Uh, is it difficult for someone to convince them, hey, part of your time needs to be spent getting on the court and getting ready for next year? I don't think it takes a lot of convincing. Uh, I think that it's the way that you know we try to train the players is that basketball isn't separate from any one of your other goals in life. Basketball is just a tool that will help you live out your dreams and other, other aspirations through the language of basketball, the work ethic, the dedication, the resilience, getting up and training at a level that you could have never imagined was possible, but then seeing that you're doing things that you never thought were possible either, and it's just, you know, having that type of faith and work ethic and never letting society dictate what you can or cannot do and really believing in what you can accomplish. Now, that's kind of what we do early morning, every Friday morning when I'm training with these players, and then it, it automatically spills over to them studying better, uh, being more organized, accomplishing more in life, seeing big picture, uh, giving back more. So I, I don't think it takes something that we're like convincing them. I think that probably even after the first or second session, they'll already realize that they could be really, really special. And, and I can't take any credit for what's going on at YU right now. My only goal is to try to let them know that they could potentially be very special and that they're going to be entering a really special program. And if they do the right things, they're going to be able to, to experience things in life that will last forever for them and, and everyone who they whoever comes to watch them play as well, inspire and, them. And I think you've said this, but I want you to reiterate it. Um, the experience you just described, you know, getting on that court at least once a week or whatever it is that, uh, that, you, that you demand from them, will enhance their tefillah, will enhance their Torah study, will make them better at handling their personal schedule, which includes both of those things. Am I, am I right that you would agree with what I just said? A hundred percent, because I feel like the greatest way to have a relationship with Hashem and the Torah and everyone else around you is when you feel good about yourself. It's much easier to inspire people when you feel good about yourself, when, when you're reaching your own goals, when physically you feel good and emotionally you feel good and spiritually you feel good, you're much better equipped to, to keep moving forward in your own life, but realizing that you could also help inspire other people as well. And that's exactly right. And that's why we do it early in the morning when, you know, I could, most other players are not training that hard um, at that time in the morning, no matter what, you know, rain, whatever it is. And I'm so proud of them. And I tell them that after every session, and, and that's exactly right. The goal is that it, it will unite everything else in their life. Tamir Goodman is with us from Israel. We will talk about his event coming up. Don't worry. Um, it, 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 try to do this with me if you can. I know that people you know, that don't, don't like to speak too specifically because it could get into some sensitive areas. But without mentioning any names um, and, and not giving us any you know, really good hints, let's put it that way, can you can you tell me and give me an example of a player that we see now that you've worked with who had a who had a skill that was really raw and that you were able to help him develop? I don't know. Is there somebody on the court now for YU who who couldn't dribble with two hands or who didn't drive properly or didn't know how to set up for a defensive rebound? Could you give us an example like that? Well, I could say that. Um... My goal really is to let them know that they're 
about to play at a level that they could have never imagined. You know, um, you know, and my goal is that it's it's the little things that you know they're going to have to be able to learn how to shoot over someone who's six foot ten. They're right. going to have to be able to get their shot off much quicker. Right. They're going to have to be able to read coming off every type of screen, whether it's a, a back cut, fade cut, curl cut. They're going to have to be able to read all this. And if they're they're going to be successful, they're going to have people to, to have the right footwork and the right fundamentals and setting their hands the right way and doing all the little things to help them play at a level that they could never imagine and then be as ready as possible for when they get to YU. And when I'm watching, you know, the tape, that that's what, what makes me most proud is to see the little things I've, I've carried over and brought them success at the next level. And, you know, it's a lot of it, it's like at the beginning of the year when they start training with me, they're like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. Or I'm, and then, you know, towards the end of the year, they realize, wow, they can. And, you know, that's a great thing. So I can't say anything specific about one player, but I can say that when I'm watching the game tape, I'm just so proud to see how well they're doing. And obviously it's because of the coaching staff at YU and the greater coaching staff that's involved with the team. But hopefully somehow along the way, I've helped them a little bit make that transition as smooth as possible. Do you think that that was a big difference maker for you, that you had a coach, Coach Katz, in high school that – really, you know, drove those things that you just mentioned, that list you just mentioned, really drove them home for you and expected you, even at that age, to be able to decipher all that on the court? 100%. I've been blessed to run camps and clinics and speak across the world over the last 10 to 15 years, and I almost start off every speaking engagement with the same message, and that is I was very blessed to grow up next to Coach Katz because if I wouldn't have grown up next to him, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish what I've been able to accomplish simply because he never let me settle and he always believed and taught me how to believe in myself and, and understand this mission and what could be accomplished through basketball. And there's just no way I would have been to accomplish any of this without him. I can remember specifically when I was about maybe 15, 16 years old going to play against college players in Baltimore. And I, I was unsuccessful. You know, I, I was playing one-on-one and I, you know, I was getting the ball stripped away from me for the first time and I, I couldn't finish the way I wanted to finish. And, at one point I went underneath the hoop and I just put my head up against the pad and I, I started crying. And uh, he just looked at me and he said, look, do you want to play at the next level? And I said, yeah, he's, if you want to play at the next level, you're going to be able to be able to score and guard these type of people. So if you want to stop and you want to cry, let, let's just go home right now. But if, if you want to do this, you know, this is the level that you're going to have to be able to play at. And here's what it takes to do it. And uh, I just turned around and I got right back on the court and I got, you know, these type of I was exposed to these type of work ethic, this type of knowledge of basketball at a very, very young age. So by the time, you know, I got to college, um, I was as, as ready as possible. I know I had a lot of transitions and stuff in college, but I, I would I, I think my favorite compliment that I've ever got, you know, after playing at Towson was, you know, the head coach was interviewed Coach Jazz after my freshman year playing division one basketball. I get to the local newspaper and he said, you know, it took me a year to realize how advanced or how good Tamir really was. And when he said that, I just thought of Coach Katz right away because he prepared me as much as possible. For Unbelievable. So that's hopefully my goal is going to be with, with these young younger players going to play at, at YU and the ones who are currently there. How many years ago was your first appearance at the Sarachek tournament? I think 1998. Well, so, so I'm over, really dyslexic. You're going to have to help me with the math on how many years ago that was. So I, I hate to go back 20 years, but... I was in the room that day. Was was it unfair for them to double team Tamir Goodman, or that's a legitimate strategy? No, I think it's a legitimate strategy. But you know what I what I think about when I think about the Farrah Check tournament is what a great experience uh, for me. 
because it, it really did prepare me for college basketball. Wow. You know, the, the, the travel, the hotel, the experience, you know, and literally two years later, I was doing the same thing, but I'm playing against Michigan, I'm playing against LSU, I'm playing against Villanova. But the experience of, like, being in a hotel with your team, traveling, representing your school when you're far away from your school, all that I really got to experience at the Sarachek and uh, really helped me uh, for, for college as well. So that's mostly what I, my, my main takeaway from the Sarachek tournament, and I'm so glad to see that it's thriving and having such a positive impact on so many young Jewish players. It certainly is. All these years later, it's amazing. And it's coming up soon, as you know. All right, uh, Tamir Goodman, basketball clinic right here. You're going to be at Basketball City right here on South Street uh, in Lower Manhattan starting Sunday, March the 3rd. I assume is it an all-day clinic? Yeah, it's going to be from 10 to 4 p.m. I'm also going to be speaking there. And I feel like basketball is at its best when it's used as a tool to help other people. Um, This clinic specifically is to try to raise money for a scholarship fund for – students that are struggling and families are struggling with the tuition crisis. So hopefully through basketball, we'll be able to help them out. The UCEF fund has a very innovative way to help families in need, uh, you know, combat against the, the tuition crisis. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm thankful that they're bringing me in and uh, it should be an incredible event. Now, is this specifically aimed at our community? Is this a, a general New York city event? How would you classify it? Yeah, I think it's uh, for the families mostly that are, you know, affected by the UCEF Foundation, but obviously everyone's welcome. They can come, train. Um, they just have to email Sammy at UCEF.com for more information. All right, Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y, at UCEF.com. You have three clinics going on, as you said, starting at 10 in the morning and ending at 4 p.m. It's on Sunday, March the 3rd. And you, you say it's for people, or I should say boys, age 10 through 19 it can't can one pick up important pointers in a two or four or six hour session yeah i believe so uh we will provide them with the tools they need to learn the techniques and then they'll continue on and keep working on it and hopefully it'll help their game um there's i should also say that there's going to be a lot of different activities for the entire family a lot of fun activities so even if you're not a basketball player uh, there's going to be all sorts of uh, entertainment there for the entire family so i look forward to seeing as many people out there as possible. And as I said, you know, I mean, again, you heard me say it's right here, so we've walked in there. It's a beautiful facility, Basketball City. Yeah, I've heard amazing things about it, and I'm so excited to to actually see it and be part of this event. I feel like a big part of my life nowadays is trying to help people through basketball, and whenever uh, I could be involved in that, I'm, I'm, I'm always excited to do it. A special basketball clinic with Tamir Goodman. Boys age 10 through 19, the clinics begin at 10 a.m. They go until 4 o'clock on Sunday, March the 3rd, right here at Basketball City on South Street uh, on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. You can register at LegacyTournament.com. You could email Sammy at UCEF.com. at UCEF.com or dial 917-647-9276. Again, that's 917-647-9276. Seven six. Now, when when you when you uh, finished playing college basketball, did you know that your future would be in coaching, in training, in you know, I guess what we'd call you know, basketball centric? Yeah, I think that was the angle because I've always loved basketball, and I never really just played basketball just for myself. I always tried to play basketball uh, to represent something bigger than myself, and um, I think and I feel very blessed that I'm able to. Con- 
continue to do that now, even though I can't physically play professionally anymore. I'm just involved in so many different projects through basketball. It's such an exciting thing, whether it's my overnight camp in Jerusalem, I'm involved in um, a movie documentary that's coming out soon, and a, a major um, sports media outlet is, is platform is, is doing a big feature on me that's coming out soon, and just involved in a lot of different chesed projects and, you know, product development, sports startups, so many things related to Israel and Jerusalem, and just every day is an exciting day for me, and it's all through basketball. So I just can't thank Hashem enough that I'm able to do exactly what I love, where I want to be doing it, and with who I want to be doing it with it. And I'm just uh, really, really grateful and try to live every day to its fullest. Um, which, and again, it's all which, which, so, which, which products of yours have made it? Well, my tutti, uh obviously um, have been really successful. Uh, compression fit tutti, where athletes around the world are wearing them now. Um, I'm glad that Amari loves them too. <laughs> um, and uh, I, uh, I'm very excited that Zone 190, my multi-angle pitchback's been bought by many NBA teams, and I've had the great honor of, of not only selling it to NBA teams, but working on the court, on the NBA court with NBA coaches, just going through different scenarios and just seeing their reaction and how much they love the product. Um, and now it's kind of taken on a new meaning because I'm able to help the sports tech ecosystem here in Israel, which is exploding, work as a consultant for different Israeli startups. And uh, it's, it's just very exciting, you know. The tzitzit is something that, you know, I played played professionally wearing my tzitzit, and I always wanted to, to help. Jewish athletes be able to play with them, uh, whoever was interested in, in a more comfortable way. So I'm glad we were able to do that. And then Zone 190, I thought of after I got hurt, um, I took all the basketball knowledge and I said, you know what, I, even though I got hurt and I can't play anymore, I'm going to try to help the next generation of players. And when a huge college team or a huge NBA team, uh, even the top high school teams in the country buy it and give me great feedback, it just makes me feel really good because even though I can no longer physically play, at least spiritually, I hope I hope in some way I'm, I'm helping the next generation of players. Are you working on a uh, kippah that doesn't fall off? <laughs> Not yet, but, um, you know, I, I have been very proud to see the big Kiddush Hashem that's coming out in the world more and more with with all sorts of athletes, and um, hopefully they'll continue to do that. Um, I know why he's been a great example of that, and um, hopefully everybody in their own journey, in their own way, uh, through their own, uh, you know, I feel like when you have a strong identity, it just helps you bring more light to the world, and actually other people will, will come to respect you even more. I, I remember specifically one time in my career where we were at an away game playing uh, in college, and a lot of the fans were, were, were taunting me about my kippah, and they were singing a chant that said, where did number 22 get his hat from? The rabbi, the rabbi, and they were on me for a long time. Um, and actually after the game, when I was getting on the team bus, a lot of the fans were, even though it was an away game, were, were waiting by our team bus, and I thought that was pretty strange at first. But uh, as I was going on the bus, the guy who was, like, leading the chants cut me off. He didn't let me go on the bus, and I was scared for one second. Why is this guy, you know, after chanting the whole game, why is he waiting by the bus? And I was shocked to see he actually took out his hand, and he said, you know, I, on behalf of all of us, I just want to shake your hand because um, even though we were, you know, making fun of you, basically, or singing about that hat on your head the whole game, you, you never took it off. Congratulations. Very, so, um, very interesting. Wow. What city was that in that that happened? That was in Louisiana. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. By the way, back to the startups for a second. Your role is basically to give your opinion about, about whether a product can work or, or, or could be successful. Is that what you're lo- they're looking to you for? 
Well, more than that, I guide them through. I use my contacts. Um, I use the success of Zone 190 to help the Israeli startups. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many incredible things that are coming out of Jerusalem. And if I could help people, guide them, I've learned so much, you know, through the patent process, through the marketing process, sales. So I just use my knowledge and my experience to help them, you know, have success with their products. And um, I'm currently a consultant for like four startups now, and another one called me today. So I hope to continue to do that because I feel like everything I went through on and off the court, I went through not just for my own personal journey, but hopefully to help other people, both players and startups and coaches and anything else in between. Um, I think that's a big part of the reason that I also do a lot of clinics with special needs kids because when I got hurt, I was like, wow, this is what it feels like to lose your dream. You know, that whole sensitivity, all the work that I've worked with my camps and clinics and special needs kids, it all comes from that energy, and I feel like I went through all that so that hopefully I can inspire the next generation of players. Ah, just amazing. Um, Do do you agree, Tamir Goodman is with us, do you agree that at least in my day, I don't know if it's still the same, I'm curious, uh, the average teenager in the U.S. played basketball much differently than the average teenager in Israel. I'm, speak- I'm speaking about on the blacktop in the backyard. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, officially with teams. Do you, you agree there was, a, there was a, or might still be, an Israeli style that's much different than what our kids here grow up with? I think 100% there's Israeli basketball and European basketball, 100%. But I think that the gap is is starting to close because of the Internet. Meaning my son, for example, who grows up here in Israel, he sends me a message. You know, he wants me to wake him up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch the All-Star game last night. So <laughs> by, by, by 6 o'clock in the morning, he's already seen all the moves from the NBA, and they're able to re-watch them over and over again. And so the same moves that the kids in America watched last night at the All-Star game are the same moves that the kids in Israel are watching, and because they could replay it on YouTube or whatever it is over and over and over again, they're all working on the same moves. So eventually, you know, it's going to kind of mesh into the same moves, I would say. I don't know if overall the same basketball. I think European basketball is going to be a little bit different, but as far as the moves that the kids are working on, they're all watching the stars and all trying to mimic the stars. And where we would watch it, you know, and see one highlight and then go to our backyard and, and replay it in our mind over and over again. Did you see what Jordan did that night? I think he did this. We talk about it with our friends and try to react it, you know, reenact it over and over again. It was mostly our imagination where here the kids have the phone right near the court. They watch it over and over again, and then they have that advantage of practicing with that move until they perfect it, and that's kind of uniting the players um, from across the globe. And, uh, you know, it, I don't know if you saw, but uh, – there was an Israeli kid that won the MVP of the Basketball Beyond Borders uh, at, at All Star Weekend. Wow. So we see that we see that uh, you know the, the game is kind of uniting and in a different way, but it's, it's through the internet, I would say. Well, you know, you know what an old guy like me would say. So basically, the NBA is destroying uh, global basketball the way it destroyed American basketball. <laughs> well, there, you know, there, there's there's no doubt that the NBA is is gone global. Um, I, Dikembe Mutombo was here, I want to say, three or four weeks ago, and they just opened up the junior NBA here in Jerusalem, uh, which my kid is, my son, Matanel, is now part of. And, um, you know, in, in, in some way, it's, it's really cool. And that is, you know, my, I just talking about my son this morning. He's like, oh, there's a commercial for junior NBA. I'm part of the junior NBA. Wow. And here's a kid that grows up in Yerushalayim and is now directly affiliated with that. Yeah. And it's just, 
I don't know, as a kid growing up, you know, just thinking about the kids who made Aliyah years ago, that might have been, like, something they could have thought of, like, oh, I can't make Aliyah, what's going to happen to my basketball, what's going to happen to my sports? But nowadays, it's like the basketball has developed, the sports have developed so well here throughout Paul Jerusalem, the Paul Jerusalem youth team, but now it's it's also at the junior NBA. So there is something really cool about this whole project and the fact that Dikembe Mutombo comes here and says, I can't wait to come back to Jerusalem, and he's the guy that travels all over the world. Yeah. I think it's really cool for the youth to see that here. So yeah, uh, it's, it's been a really interesting process, the great journey, a great ride. I've met him on more than one occasion. He's an unbelievable mensch and loves the Jewish people. Uh, and you get yeah, to, and you get to, and you get to meet a lot of people like that, which is amazing. What are you going to do when Netanel has to decide about playing for YU or playing for Apol Yerushalayim? Uh, I'm going to have to talk. talk I'm going to have to talk personally with Elliot Simon and Netanel and let them figure it out. I, I, I'm the type of father that 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 supports their their kids, whatever they want to do. My father, blessed memory, did the same thing, and I'm I'm going to do the same thing with him. Whatever he wants to do, he could do, and I'll will be my wife and I will be there to support him. Hey, has Elliot ever become suspicious of some of these players you're training? You're trying to keep Rob Powell, or uh, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> hasn't hasn't happened yet. We're right now 100 percent getting them ready for YU, and um, hopefully YU's been happy with how they're arriving there. Tamir, I hate to ruin your week, but you're going to have to stay up until 3 a.m. to watch the game tonight against Purchase. You're going to have you have no choice. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? Thank God I have five. Thank God I have five. We've been blessed with five amazing children. Waking up at 3 a.m. isn't uh, that uncommon anymore. <laughs> Phenomenal. And when you watch that team, you should be proud. They are just, like I keep saying, they are not only representing themselves and why you well, they are representing the Jewish people well both on and off the court. And to bring this conversation full circle, it all comes back for us to Yeshiva University basketball. Tamir, this has been an unbelievable pleasure for me. Good luck with the clinic. I remind everybody that Tamir Goodman is coming to the U.S., boys age 10 through 19. Parents, do yourself a favor. Sign up for the clinic just so your kids can meet Tamir. He's an unbelievable inspiration. Uh, The clinics begin at 10 a.m. and go until 4 o'clock right here at Basketball City in Lower Manhattan. Uh, on Sunday, March the 3rd. Information about all of this, go to LegacyTournament.com. Uh, email Sammy at UCEF.com. Sammy at UCEF.com. Or dial the number 917-647-9276. Tamir, it was great seeing you in Israel, and it's always a pleasure to speak to you, sir. Thank you so much, and continue. And uh, really appreciate you for everything. Big, a long, long-time fan of yours on the show, and... Just wish you and your all your listeners continued blessing and success. Tadaraba. There he is, Tamir Goodman. That was my conversation with Israeli basketball superstar Tamir Goodman. Coming up next, Robert Katz was in recently as we discussed a uh, couple of very interesting and unique programs that OHEL has going on. One in the uh, Brooklyn Maine OHEL Center, the Jaffa Family Campus, and one that's going to be happening up at Camp Cayley during the month of May. Robert Katz and company from OHEL on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. JM in the AM on a Wednesday. Shushan Purim Katan here at JM in the AM. Special guest in studio, that's the Chief Development Officer at uh, OHEL, and that's, of course, our wonderful friend Robert Katz. Robert, good morning to you. Good morning, Nahum. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Great to see you. And a happy Shushan Purim Katan to you. I, I have to tell you, between uh, Purim Katan... 
Shushan Purim Kata. Did we have a Tanis Esther Kata on this year? <laughs> Not that I know Not of. Not that I know. Thank God. I'll tell you. Baruch Hashem. What a tradition. I heard a good thing. I heard a great vort. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a Lubavitcher, but, you know, we all have it in us. Yeah. I heard a great vort that one. The Lubavitcher Rebbe said that we celebrate two Adars, Adar Aleph and Bet. So with Mechuyev, we have to be happy for, for 60 days. Right. This way, if God forbid, for one of the 60 days we're not happy, that day is Batel Bashishim. Very nice. It, it, it gets lost into this, yes. you know, for those who... It gets absorbed. It gets absorbed into the 60, into the 60 uh, days, parts, whatever. And, and it's considered uh, invalid right. that one day. Wow. Your, your one day of not having Simcha in these two months is Batel Bashish. It was worth you coming in just for Have that. a nice day. Nice <laughs> seeing you. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Support Ohel. They got a strobe on us. With us live... This isn't fair to Hindi. <laughs> with us live by a telephone, it's Hindi Hecht. Who is the director of Ohel Base Ezra, uh, Ohel Base Ezra Langer Center for Developmental Disabilities? Hindi, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, Robert. Hi, Hindi. Good morning. Happy Shushan Purim Cotton to you as well. Same to you. I noticed this in a um, in a uh, major publication, and uh, it really it really uh, it intrigued me, frankly. And I'm glad we have an opportunity to speak about it on the air. Ohel Base Ezra has introduced. Autism Awake, an overnight program for children, teens, and young adults diagnosed on the autism spectrum who are awake all night. They have recreational activities throughout the night. It's one night weekly for 10 weeks, one-on-one staffing. It goes from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. It is a first for the community, and this is an understatement to say it's a first for the community. Now, I'm not familiar, obviously, firsthand with these types of situations, but I do know families that do have these types of situations and do have children that, in fact, are either awake all night or are awake during parts of the night, and it can be a very difficult situation. Hindi, first describe, I guess, what we would call what's going on out there with families who are in these circumstances, and then we'll describe how this response by Ohel is so amazing. So, excuse me, what's going on out there is over the years, we've served hundreds of families with children, teens, young adults diagnosed on the autism spectrum. And there is a subpopulation out there who literally don't sleep at night. We're not talking about sleep for a few hours, wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. That exists also. But literally those who don't sleep all night. And for the parents, that means not only are they entertaining the children at night, but they, they need to keep them safe. Children who have the potential to walk out of the house, who, who want in the community, children who could be in the kitchen turning on stoves, really safety issues. And for the children themselves, they really can't be entertained all night. They don't want to be in their beds all night. It's a challenging situation on both ends, and it puts a tremendous amount of stress on the parents, on the families, on marriages. For many people who raise children, children don't sleep at night for the first few months, maybe the first year, but there is an end to it. For the parents who are in this situation, they don't see an end to it. Now, um, this all begs the question from the curiosity side, when do they sleep? If they're not sleeping all night, when do they get some sleep? Eventually, they may crash and sleep for a while, and then the cycle starts again. So uh-huh. these children, it's almost like a superhuman energy that many of them have. And it's they completely will do this all night. And it's completely unpredictable. 
um, for some of them, it's very predictable that they won't sleep. Right. And, <laughs> you, know, you know, that's the predictable part. Yeah, but, the, but when the they un- will crash. Right. The unpredictability is that when they finally do sleep, it may be at the most inconvenient time for the parents, frankly. <laughs> it, 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 may be. It, it may not help the situation. Let's put it that way. Right. And it's not predictable. Parents can't go away. Parents can't do other things. And think about what it's like for a parent who just does not get that sleep. Well, I like it's so I, disruptive. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I, I can't speak about this, you know, from firsthand experience, but I do know people who go through this and I never really considered that, uh, you know, as, as as funny as it might sound or as, you know, interesting as it might sound to, to parents who don't have to go through this. It, it, it could be it could be a, so difficult for these parents. And I until I saw the introduction to this program, didn't hit me just how difficult it can be. It's difficult enough for OHEL to say, you know what, for at least one night, we're, we're going to be there to to give everyone, I don't know, some respite, some help, some direction, right? Is that That's what this is all about, I assume. It's really about giving parents respite where it's, this is a pilot program. We're going to try it for 10 weeks, and our goal is that that one night a week, parents can drop their child off and do whatever it is they want, whether they want to go out, whether they want to just go home and get in their bed and not be listening for their child, but know that their child is safe, is being taken care of, is being entertained, and they can just have that break. Unbelievable. It's a 12-hour service. It's not like it ends at 4 a.m. It ends at 8 o'clock in the morning. It really gives everybody in the family an opportunity to have a full night's rest. Now, are we in the 10 weeks already or it hasn't started yet? We have not started yet. We're gearing up to start. Uh, we will be starting within the next couple of weeks. Uh, I don't have an exact date, but hopefully within the next two or three weeks we will be starting. Uh, we're doing all the preparations right now to get started. And who do you want to hear from? You want to hear from the parents, I guess, and hear from them ASAP, correct? We want to hear from parents. Uh, we want to hear from people who are interested in working a 12-hour shift, awake, one-on-one, in a unique and innovative and exciting program. Um, there are really a lot of opportunities for people who want to join us. We're looking for people who would like to run a group for us during the night, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. You want to come do recreational activity with us, please get in touch with me. We welcome you. All right. So let's start with the first thing. So, so parents, I assume, should either call oh hell or email you guys in order to uh secure a spot right that's the first thing am i right about that absolutely and what would would be the best way to do that what email address and what phone number they can email me at hindi underscore hecht at ohelfamily.org and uh is there a phone number or just do everything by email they can reach they can call the access number at 1-800-603-OHEL and access will direct them to me. I also want to mention that hands on running this program will be Aluma Pitterman of Camp Kaylee fame. So we can also get in touch with Aluma. Uh, anyone who comes to me, I will send Aluma and I will speak to them together. All right, very good. Parents out there, if this is a situation or if you're in a situation where you think this is going to help you. Keep in mind that Ohel Base Ezra has introduced Autism Awake. It's an overnight program for children, teens, and young adults who are diagnosed on the autism spectrum and who are awake all night. And as Hindi just described, she means all night, and it's very common, much more common than any of us thought. There'll be recreational activities throughout the night. It'll be one night weekly for 10 weeks from 8 p.m. all the way until 8 a.m. It'll be one-on-one staffing. They will provide snacks, of course, through the night, and breakfast will be served to the kids, uh, it is a first for our community. As far as I'm concerned, this is a, a revolutionary program being introduced by OHEL. Those of you who are parents, you can uh, email Hindi, Hindi underscore Hecht at OHELfamily.org, Hindi underscore Hecht at OHELfamily.org, or dial 1-800-603-OHEL, 1-800-603-OHEL. Now let's talk for a moment about the volunteers and staff that you're looking for. If people are listening 
uh, and feel they can um, they can take part in this, that they'd be good at this, that they you know would like to participate and be one of these one-on-one staffers. First of all, what requirements do they need, Hindi, and what should they do in, tar- in terms of uh, finding out if they would be accepted to such a program? We would love if they have a little bit of experience with this population, but if they don't, they need to have a love of people and a love of kids. We'll teach them the rest. They're basically going to be spending the night. We're all going to be working together, helping to implement activities. The activities are really going to be based on the interests of the kids. So as we enroll the children, we'll base the activities on that, and they will be working as part of a group all together to really um, provide recreational opportunities for these kids throughout the night. It's going to be an upbeat, fun, happy atmosphere. So if you want to be part of a group of people who are implementing something exciting and fun, join us. And the staff can be as young as, what would you say, around? We're looking for really um, college age and above. Okay. Anybody college age and above, it's a unique opportunity to participate in a really tremendous uh, chesed and a very, very interesting program, Autism Awake, overnight for children, teen, and young adults on the autism spectrum who are awake all night. Be in touch with Hindi Hecht, Hindi underscore Hecht at olfamily.org or 1-800-603-OHEL. Hindi, anything else you'd like to add about this program? Really just that we are so excited to be able to offer this to the community, and we hope that it will benefit both the parents and the kids who who, uh, participate and the staff. We hope that everybody will walk away feeling like we've really made a difference. And I assume this is all happening at the new Ohel Jaffa Family Campus, and it's one of the great reasons why we built this new building and these new headquarters. Smack in the middle of the community. Smack in the middle of the community. Right, Hindi? I, I can't imagine doing this at our old location. And our new location has the perfect facilities and to host. And the space. That's what I mean. And the space to host this kind of event. You know, when Hindi first told me about the program, and now I see signs all over the building for it, we all know that our, our parents or we have grandparents maybe uh, with Alzheimer's, and we've heard stories about sure. them being up all night. But I don't think any of us who don't deal with this situation have thought for a second about a child with autism being awake all night and what it means to the mother and the father. Um, one of the most beautiful words, and I think we've talked about this before, Hindi, I don't know if you've ever heard this, uh, I think one of the most beautiful words in the Hebrew language is the Hebrew word for respite. The Hebrew word for respite is nofesh, which is a combination of the words chofesh hanefesh, mm. freedom of the soul. And the incredible menuchas hanefesh, the, the incredible peace of mind, that Ohel is giving these families. I mean, imagine what it's like. You're on one night. Your wife is on another night. You're on the next night. Your spouse is on the other, the other night. Maybe one and night. The siblings get involved. And the siblings and, oh. get involved. Maybe one night a week you can afford to hire a, a right. private for care person, but it costs three hundred dollars. And Ohel is saying, "We'll take them." Ohel is saying, "We'll take your child for one night a week so that you can be a couple." Yeah. And you mentioned the building. We we have had this idea for several years, and we were waiting and waiting <laughs> until we had the space. And we're so thrilled to be at the new Ohel Jaffa Family Campus and have the ability to have this space to provide this program. So we've been waiting, but now we're here and we're ready to go. We know a lot of the benefits of the new campus. This one we didn't think of, and it's really amazing. Hindi, thank you. Good luck with this. We're rooting for you because when we first saw it, we said, wow, you know, it hit me. Knowing some people in this situation, it hit me. It would be such a tremendous service for so many families. So good luck. Excellent. Thank you so much. Before we say goodbye, can I ask just Hindi to talk about uh, the big Sibaton event 
uh, for siblings uh, taking place at Camp Cayley on May May 11th. May 11th. What's it called? A Sibatone? Hindi, what can you tell us about Sibatone? Well, I guess when we mention Autism Awake and you mention families, so in general, when a family has a child with a developmental disability, it impacts not only that child and the parents, but the siblings as well, the typically developing siblings. We run groups throughout the year called Sib Shops, which are recreation-based support groups for typical siblings of kids with developmental disabilities. Um, They're generally run in the building here for about an hour or two. On May 11th, we'll be taking a group of siblings up to Camp Cayley for a Sabaton, which is a Shabbaton for siblings. And they'll have a chance to spend the weekend together uh, networking, talking, sharing stories, sharing information, and really just being with people who speak the same language as they do. So very, very excited to be having this this Sabaton. And uh, we're in the planning stages now. This is happening May 11th. Best, best way for, to get information would be? H-I-N-D-Y, H-I-N-D-Y <laughs> underscore Hecht. At OLFamily.org. All right, be in touch with Hindi, Hindi underscore Hecht at OLFamily.org. She'll give you information about the Sibatone coming up on uh, on the 11th of May. And that's happening yeah. up at Camp Cayley at another Good reason why we have Camp Cayley, right, Robert? Absolutely. Because we couldn't it, do this in Borough Park. It, it wouldn't just be July and August. It's other times during the year also when, no, it, when we need the campus. It's, it's Camp Cayley in May. Pretty amazing. Hindi, thank you so much for joining us and continued success with all of this. Thank you very, very much. A pleasure. Robert Katz is here in our studio. He's the Chief Development Officer at OHEL. Those are two pretty amazing things that are going on, and it's only two of about a million, right? You know, the world goes on with its daily grind, Nachum. Um, we're all very busy. We all don't take a minute to breathe. And when we do breathe, we rightfully so pay attention to our families and our children. Right. But... It's very hard for people to actually appreciate what goes on behind the scenes. It's, you know, what makes the Jewish world more functional? What makes people's lives more functional? How many people are suffering with all kinds of issues? Um, and Ohel is like the Google for the Jewish community. I mean, you know, you have a mental health issue with your child. You, Google, you, go, you go to Ohel. You have a, uh, a trauma situation. Pittsburgh. Malibu, Malibu called us with the fires. Ohel was out there. Ohel was out there last two weeks ago for two and a half days, um, speaking to the community in Malibu. And I'm not talking the bet Mid- talking about the bet midlers of the world. I'm talking about the bet midlers, housekeepers, right, the regular people of the world whose children's schools were burned down and whose own homes were burned down. And they heard about Ohel and they gave us a call and they asked us to please come out there. And Norman Blumenthal and Civi Ryder went out there and. For Pittsburgh, Cheryl Chernosky joined them, and the three of them went out to Pittsburgh after that happened. Um, you know, there's uh, m- many people, unfortunately, have heard about uh, uh, an event, uh, a couple of uh, r- uh, events tied to one family in, 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 up in Canada. Right. And, of course, Ohel, you know, was called and, 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 and will be there for that. I mean, it's, uh, you know, who thinks about this? Who thinks about the fact that there is a couple in your community who have a child with autism whose kid may be up from 11 a.m. you know to 6 from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. at night and 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 who thinks about helping this family and the answer is oh hell um I've told my wife already. I can't wait for the night that I wake, <laughs> wake that I wake up by accident at one o'clock in the morning, and I say to myself, you know what? I can't go back to sleep. I'm going to drive to Brooklyn. 
I want to see what's going on. I want to be there at 3 a.m. I mean, we were both on the radio station at WYUR, <laughs> right? The graveyard shift? Of course. Okay. We all, I mean, we had a blast being on the radio <laughs> at 11 o'clock at night or whatever it was or at 1 o'clock in the morning in the, in the college days. I, I, look, I'm not making light of the situation. I want to have nachas. And if I can find nachas at 2 o'clock in the morning, if you're looking for nachas, if you're looking for chesed at 2 o'clock in the morning, go to Ohel. It's funny, my son was the uh, play-by-play announcer Saturday night for the YU Max. No. So I say to him after the game, Yoshua. Really? Yeah. I said, you know you know what we used to do? <laughs> they used to broadcast the game and then send it to us on cassette, and we would play <laughs> in the middle of the night at the radio station. Times have certainly changed. Um, upcoming, by the way, and I'm going to ask Robert to stick around just to discuss this for a few minutes. Upcoming is one of the events of the year. When it first started, I never dreamt that this would become one of the events of the year. I'm saying that honestly. Everybody at Ohel from David Mandel down knows that I've said this publicly. I looked with great skepticism when it was first introduced, and now it is one of the events of the year. The fifth annual OXC, the Ohel Extreme Challenge Classic, which is now scheduled for Sunday, May the 19th, at the beautiful site of Camp Cayley in Wurtsbury, and another reason why we have Camp Cayley to put together a fundraising event like this. And Robert, I am going to describe it as follows, okay? You just said if you want nachas at 2 a.m., you go to the Autism Awareness... uh, Autism Awake All Night. Autism Awake event that's going to be coming up. If you want mud, if you want want to be cake... If you want to legally sling mud in the Jewish community. (laughs) If you want to be caked with dirt and, and splash that same mud and dirt on the people next to you and... And from what I'm told, from what I'm told, have a lot of fun. I'm told it is a lot of fun. And lift tree logs together right. as a team. Lift tree logs and climb walls, walls and jump over water and puddles that if you don't clear, you're going to, again, get very dirty, etc. And if you then want to go from there to a shower area to completely rid yourself of all that junk that you had to, uh, to go through and then enjoy an amazing post challenge dinner if you want to if that's how you want to spend your sunday may the 19th then we have an oxc challenge for you when you're done you get to stuff your face with steak and ribs <laughs> but uh i have to tell you something rachel rosenberg ben englander aria jacobson morty schwartz Uta koenig they're they're all on they're all chairs of this right. event um elliot steinmetz right is, is coach is, of the yu max is, is with us on this as well as well as several others robert right. lewis winnaker and uh, uh off the top of my head, I don't want to mention any more names right. because those are all the committee members, but the chairs, certainly, I wanted to get in there. Look, this is um, this is typical OHEL, which is untypical. This is, typical OHEL is untypical, which means what event can we do that no one else does? I, 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 yeah, the, the marathons and the bikeathons and the triathlons. Well, many organizations the, participate. Walkathon. This uh, is unique to uh, OHEL. You know, you know schleppathon. Uh, Okay, what can we do to bring awareness to the fact that every moment of every day there are people with disabilities, mental or developmental disabilities? And what can we do to have it hit home and teach the population to be more sensitive and to understand what it's truly like to have to overcome disabilities on a day-to-day basis? And so for one day, we challenge you to come up to Camp Cayley. And if you're a typical, functioning, somewhat fit human being, 
you're welcome to do the five-mile course. And if you're younger and you're a kid or if you're a person with special needs and you only want to do the one-and-a-half-mile course, by all means, do the one-and-a-half-mile course. But either way, challenge yourself and do an obstacle course built by the most professional builder. You bring of, in the real we real. We bring in guys who wear army fatigues and mud boots. And and, who, and they've set up this thing in multiple areas around multi, the country. Multiple, multiple areas around the country. This is the largest operator on the East Coast of, of such uh, events. And um, he has. they have uniquely built us this obstacle course, this extreme challenge course up at Camp Cayley so that people can come up for a day and have a family building experience, a corporate building experience. Friends. Friends My building experience. My daughter did it with friends. Uh, you know, you have companies who bring up uh, employees, right. 10, 15 people to work together as a team to lift the tree <laughs> and walk, you know, have, I mean, you know, plenty of kids in camp try to lift the trees. But again, so this is the only event where you can actually do damage you know, and mudsling in the Jewish world legally just for a few hours. But it, it all goes to benefit Ohel's work and it all goes to support our activities. And by the way, it's in its fifth year and I'll be the first to admit, unfortunately, it's still simply called the OXC Classic, which means we're looking for a sponsor. And mm. and uh, anyone in the in the in the world of sporting goods or anyone in the world of uh, uh, whatever fitness, fitness gyms fitness or... gyms look by the way we also in throughout the five towns Muncie Teaneck Englewood Brooklyn go on our website olxc.org free training you can't just climb a ten foot wall and you can't just carry a three hundred pound uh, tire two three hundred pound tires you know in your arms rolling down a hill. You've you've got to train for this. You you should be training for is this. Is that what they do? Yeah, kind of. They walk up a hill carrying like two tires. Or, you know, it's one of the one of the thirty obstacles that that you have to do. So <laughs> the training is free. We take care of the training. Go on our website. You'll see locations, trainers who are putting together teams and are training you for free to participate in OXC. So we've got this whole network throughout the New York tri-state area, New York and New Jersey, of trainers who are there to give you free training. I mean, you know, what's better than the word work, words working out and free, um, <laughs> you know, in our community? And, and um, we're up to 200 people already registered. Uh, there were, I, I don't know, 800 people there last year? It's three months from now. It's three months from now. We already have 200 people registered, OLOXC.org. Um, it's it's up in Camp Cayley. It's there's nothing else like it. If you just want to do a once in a lifetime experience, fine. Just do it once in a lifetime. But if you do it once, we're convinced that you want you're going to want to keep on coming back because the nature of the event is that you're going to want to beat your own time and what you're going to want to beat your own self. Right. In other words, in the first year, you might look at the ten foot wall and go. Nah, I'm gonna I'm, run, run I, around. I'm running around, right. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm gonna do the three foot wall with the help of four people pushing me over. But by next year, you're gonna come back and say, "I want to do the six foot wall." It's just intrinsically, it's 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 natural. It's the nature of the human being to what want to overcome obstacles and better themselves. And and the 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 people we service at Ohel and the people who we work for and work with together, are overcoming these disabilities day by day. And they may not be able to get over a three-foot wall, mentally, physically, whatever that three-foot wall may be. It's a proverbial three-foot right. wall. But you know that through the work of OHEL, by the end of a year, by the end of a few years, some of them are able to climb the 10-foot wall. 
It's three months away, two months and 28 days to be uh, exact. May the 19th, the uh, ohelloxc.org website is open, ohelloxc.org. If you don't end up participating, you can sponsor a participant. Absolutely. On the website. Go yeah. to the website, ohel. By the way, that you can do right now. You can sponsor a participant right now. Go to ohelloxc.org, sponsor the participants, register for the event. That's May 19th up in Wurtsboro at Camp Cayley. And we make it easy, by the way, Nahum. We make it easy. This isn't one of these twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, I see. The fundraising events. commitment is very reasonable. This is very, re- I mean, you know, reasonable by standards yeah. of the funds. Correct. One thousand dollars for adults, high school and college students, seven hundred fifty dollars, and children under the age of thirteen are asked to raise three hundred and sixty dollars to be able to participate. And all the information about the training and sponsorships, uh, it's all there. And the trainers, the trainers, and the exercise gyms around the tri-state area absolutely love this. Um, we're aiming for Lakewood as well. Today we have a meeting to uh, our staff has a meeting to talk about Lakewood uh, fitness centers that might do women only, that might do men only, mm. and so uh, you know we're even thinking uh, along those lines to, to 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 see what we can do and reach out to the Lakewood community, but certainly in Brooklyn, certainly in the five towns, certainly Teaneck, Englewood, Bergen County, there are a couple of uh, outlets there. And uh, some people are just uh, have beautiful hearts and love doing this. And the photos, just taking a look at the photo, and we have drone video footage um, on our website. The videos are, are, are breathtaking. So God bless Harvey Kaylee, Alav Hashalom, and Gloria Kaylee. May she live and be well. But uh, their gift of Camp Kaylee to us really um, uh, is, is uh, extending beyond the purpose of a camp per se, the Sibaton, the Sibaton, I'm, you know, I'm using my Israeli, Sibaton. Sibaton. The Sibaton. Sibaton. Uh, Shabbaton for siblings is on May 11th. Um, yes, for teen girls. That's for teen girls exclusively. And um, so, look, we uh, the work never, never ends. And as I always say, Ohel does the heavy lifting for the community, Nachum. Um, it goes beyond um, what most people would uh, understand and be able to comprehend. We're all busy. We all... We all work very hard, and to stop and understand and to think about the um, services that so many of the people that we know need and require in their lives uh, is beyond belief. Robert Katz is Chief Development Officer at OHEL. We are recommending with great enthusiasm that you go to ohelloxc.org, whether you're going to end up participating or not, you have an opportunity to donate and sponsor a participant, but... Now's the perfect time, just under three months away, to consider participating and being there on May 11th for an, May 19th, right? May, 19th. May, ni- May, ni- May 11th is the right, May sibling Shabbaton. May 19th, May 19th at Camp is- Cayley for the OHEL OXC. It will be a remarkable day. It has proven to be uh, for the first four years in a row. Please, God, uh, we're looking to hit 1,000 people, and we certainly have the space for it. And... Um, Obviously, uh, for sponsorship opportunities, also please give us a call and let us know as we celebrate our fiftieth. Uh, we celebrate our fiftieth summer, fiftieth so year this year. Half a century for half, Ohel. Half a century for Ohel Yovel. And uh, have you done anything unique regarding uh, special logos or anything like that for the fiftieth anniversary? You know, it's, of inter- it's interesting that you ask. If you start paying attention to the Ohel advertisements, they will all have the new Ohel fiftieth celebration logo. Nice. And look. Ohel was founded in the summer of 69. Hmm. And as you and I know, Nahum Siegel, some great things happened in the summer of 69. I've tried to think, Robert. I've let's, tried start to think. With, let's start with <laughs> the man, man landing on the moon right. on Ju- July 15th or 16th. That summer, right. Uh, followed by 
the incorporation of OHEL on August 1st, right. 1969. I think that was it. I don't no, think no, it, there's I don't a little more that goes on. Of course, you had you had you had Woodstock August, I think, right. 15th to the 17th. And uh, anything in October? Yes, yes October, <laughs> the amazing Mets, 1969. But you'll be pleased to know, Nahum. You'll be relieved to know that out of all the things that OHEL chose to affiliate itself with for its 50th anniversary commemorative logo, we chose the rocket ship. And our motto, our slogan, our tagline for the year is a giant leap forward. Nice. Yes. Very nice. Yes. Looking, Neil Armstrong would be proud. I think so. So, it, yeah. And, and so you Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. So you, and Buzz Aldrin. So you, you uh, avoided utilizing anything New York Mets related. I for wanted the to try. Look, orange and blue. You were trying for the orange and blue. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Met be at OLOXC. That would be pretty cool. Oh, he's busy probably that day knowing him. He's probably got a game that day. Mr. Met has his own challenges to overcome. (laughs) (laughs) He's perennially smiling, but he does work with OHEL's trauma team. (laughs) But that that would be funny if he showed up to an OHEL event in the 50th year. That would be pretty funny. He doesn't say much, but he could certainly clap really well and nod. And right, shake hands, give some high fives, you know, a few fist bumps. Then again, we have plenty of our own bobbleheads. (laughs) So you're you're covered in that area. Yeah. Well, what can I tell you? This has been a great morning. Robert Katz, OHLOXC.org. We'll see you there on May the 19th. It's going to be quite an event. They're aiming for 1,000 people. You can be one of them. Check out the website today. Tadarabah, Robert Katz. Nachum, kolakavot to you. God bless you, and um, thank God for the Nachum Siegel Network. Appreciate that very much. That was my conversation with Robert Katz. Uh, that happened recently as we discussed the special autism program that goes on at the Jaffa Family Campus at OHEL in Brooklyn, and as we discussed, Camp Cayley's OHEL OXC, uh, OHEL uh, Extreme Challenge, that's going to be happening in May up at Camp Cayley. That does it for this edition of JM Rewind. Tune in next week for another edition of JM Rewind, and keep it here all day long for great programming at the Nahum Siegel Network.